Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to the Tim Stodds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we jump into today's episode, a quick favor. My newsletter is officially launched, The Fun Day Monday. You can get it at timstods.com slash newsletter. I took a break from the newsletter because I was launching Copyblogger. I was in the middle of some really, really big, important transactions for Recovery Local this year. We've had a lot on our plate. Uh, I've kept my podcast going, obviously, but it's time that the newsletter comes back. So every Monday, the Fun Day Monday will be dropping into your inbox. We have tons of exciting content and uh, sometime in the next three or four months or so, I'm going to be launching a paid membership version of the Fun Day Monday. It's, uh, it's all coming into work. So do me a favor, go to timstods.com. You can sign up for the newsletter on the homepage. You can sign up at timstods.com slash newsletter. Uh, we get a ton of great reviews every week and people seem to really enjoy the content that I put together. So, so do me a favor, check that out. Really appreciate it. All right, my guest today is Vincenzo Landino. Vincenzo is the founder of Aftermark, which is a digital agency that specializes in creating video content. In our conversation, Vincenzo and I talked about the evolution of video over the last 10 years and why video has had such an effective marketing channel for his clients. But Vincenzo is more than just a video guru. He has two of his own YouTube channels in which he shares his own ideas and is creating a growing following and successful companies in his own right. His personal YouTube channel is a space where he dives into new tech products, uh, goes over new releases, talks about personal insight on entrepreneurship, relationships, and life. If that weren't enough, he also writes the Deluso Daily, which is a daily newsletter for the confident and considerate man. I really loved my conversation with Vincenzo. He's, he's low-key, he's laid back, he doesn't take life too seriously, but he's building something really, really special. Uh, please enjoy this conversation. I hope that you get a ton of insight, and most of all, I hope that you take some of Vincenzo's vast knowledge and experience and apply it to your own business, your own personal brand, your own company, Use this information to grow and to create success in your life. So please help me welcome Vincenzo Landino. Vincenzo, thank uh, you so I'll much for your off. time. Really looking forward to our chat. Likewise, let me take let me take these off now that I know this video. I don't need these. These are just blue light glasses. All right. Do you think those things actually work? I think about that a lot. I dim my screen really dark to the yellow, um, which is kind of my solution. But I always think like, is this blue light a real thing and should I take it more seriously? I, to me personally, I, I think it works. Um, I don't wear them enough. Yeah. is the problem. So yes, I think they work if you wear them. Cause the days why with the days I wear them, I think it's, there's less, my eyes don't feel as tired the days where I, I don't. And I'm like, I'm in front of the computer, you know, nonstop mm-hmm. on a device all the time. Dude, my eyes are like burning by the end of the day. Mine too. So, I mean, I know they get dry from the, from the you know, looking at it, yeah. screens, blue light or not. I don't know. These are Warby Parker ones. I paid, a, I paid probably too much, but <laughs> I, I do like them. They look good. I, I like the style. Um, I feel like I could wear these and like go out if I had to and just keep them on. Yeah, cool. Uh, I will take that into consideration. Yeah, I, I would say try them. Try them with like I've I've also I don't know where the other ones are, but um, uh, I have ones that are like yellow. They're actually or like they're orange. For sure, like tinted. Those I feel like really worked. Wow. But then you ha- you see everything with an orange haze. I don't like that. Yeah. But those really work. I think. Damn, I will take that more seriously. I'll give that a try. I think about it a lot. I put my screen. And like, you know, you can adjust the settings to make your screen dim. But I was telling yeah. myself, like, that can't really be everything. No. And I think, well, you wear glasses. So if yeah. you just get a, because like Warby Parker, you could get prescription and then you can add the blue light filter. I don't have a prescription. I, these are just, just pure blue light blocking, but you can get them as blue light with your prescription anyway. Cool. 
So it's like, why not? You know, if you're going to wear the glasses anyway. So nice. All right. Well, I'm going to start this conversation off in a little bit of a different spot because, uh, whatever you want, go wherever you need to go with it. Cool. I, I can't figure this out about you. So your first language I read was Italian. Were you born in Italy or just an Italian household? Italian household, first generation. Uh, okay, my yeah. Born in Italy, cool. yeah. So first generation Italian. You grew up in Connecticut, Great. I think. Yep. You live in Columbus, but you're Correct. a Steelers fan. Yep. <laughs> How does all of that happen? So my dad, uh, when my dad moved to the United States, he played soccer, um, you know, that's what Italian kids did. They, they, yeah, didn't yeah. they didn't know what American football was. And when he started high school or uh, when he started high school here in the United States, um, all the kids were playing American football and American football was on TV. So he was like, all right, well, I, you know, I guess I got to try and figure this sport out. Well, the Steelers had Franco Harris in the seventies and he was, an, he's an Italian American. Mm-hmm. And so my dad felt like, Oh, wow. I can make a connection and the Steelers were winning. So they were on TV. It just kind of went from there. And he's like, this is my team. And he passed it down to me and my brother. I got my mom on board and that's it. That's <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's kind of simple, but it's also kind of cool because of how yeah. and why. Yeah. For sure. It, it means something. My, my dad um, came to America too. We're Scottish. So I grew up speaking English, but it's always funny when, uh, I sit around like the Thanksgiving table, you know, yeah. and me and my sister sound like so much different than, uh, <laughs> than everyone else. So I can relate to it. Well, this yeah. year, unfortunately, we grew up in Philly. So no matter what, I still wear my Eagles Dawkins jersey every Sunday, no matter <laughs> what. But it's it's been tough this year, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when you'll get a quarterback. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> you need a quarterback. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Um. Well, let's get into some more fun stuff. Um, I want to talk about your agency. I want to talk about your YouTube channel. I want to talk about video in general. You have just like a much better understanding and grasp about video than I. I would really consider myself a writer. But um, I think for a lot of people, video is like kind of intimidating as well. But it's so effective in terms of storytelling. So with that being a little bit of a context, right? I wanted to talk about Aftermark. Um, I think you guys would consider yourselves like a video production media agency. So what, what was the catalyst for that? Like I just grew up writing. Did you just grow up filming stuff and just really into editing and, and video recording? How, how'd that come to be? My dog is going nuts over here. Uh, that's why I muted myself. Can you cut that? It. No, I can't hear it at all. You can't hear her? No. <laughs> okay. All right. She, she sounds like a smoker. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a kid, I grew up always making film, like little short movies and whatnot on my, you know, this old camcorder, uh, you know, nothing digital. It was like, you had to stop, rewind. That's how we did it. You know, we'd stop, rewind, take, do the take again and stuff like that. Um, but I never wanted to like do essays and book reports or projects. So I would always like, I was a really good talker, so I was able to work. I, I was able to convince my teachers to let me do a film, like do a shoot a video, a movie. Um, and I, I, man, I remember doing that for pretty much every class. I mean, Italian class, you know, social studies, language arts, all those classes, any project, health, um, sex ed or health, whatever, those classes always found a way to do a video. And, um, so I always had a love for it. Love movies. Love, uh, you know, I, I, I just love the production of them as much as I do the finished product. And it kind of stopped though after high school, but I always had that, like I always had a love for it. And when video start, you know, with social media, when video became more of a, I want to say accepted, but uh, when it became something that was used a lot more, it's, it really hit with live video. So when live video dropped, um, I don't know if you remember the app Meerkat, but Meerkat was like one of the first live social live video tools. And I started 
creating video again on there and I started trying to use it for um, just to have fun on. I didn't even like, I wasn't trying to sell anything. I wasn't trying to do anything on it. Sorry about this going on. I'm on video. I'm just trying to have my wife get rid of the dog, get, <laughs> bring the dog downstairs. Cause she's going to start barking. Um, I apologize. That's fine, bro. Uh, okay, so let's let's backtrack. The app Meerkat came out, social live video. It was, you know, the first before Periscope came on, uh, you know, Twitter. And I, I just loved it. I started creating every day. I was doing like shows and I was constantly like trying to figure out how to do the next show. And, the next, and I started getting gigs with like some brands to be a live video host. And I'm like, all right, you know, I kind of like video again. I, I, and, you know, there's a big difference between doing something for fun, like I was doing it in school, right? And doing it because you're trying to make money. And so when I was doing like these live video hosting things, I, I actually felt like, wow, I, I, I enjoy this again. I enjoy creating the video. I like the fact I don't have to edit this. I, I just have to do it on the spot live. There, there's no, I don't have to go and take time to post produce. This is fun. Mm-hmm. And so the way the eight, I know it's kind of a long way to get to this point, but the, the uh, you know, Aftermark started because there was a need for live video and people that understood how social video worked. You know, a lot of the big agencies at the clients we now have, they only understand commercials and Super Bowl commercials and big time campaigns. No one understood these micro opportunities that were available to you online and early on you know people would kind of like oh it's just social media okay but they're paying me six figures to make that social media video you just watched so you tell me is it not worth it should i say no are you serious yeah and so it was the you know that first time someone offered us a five-figure check to make some videos for social just for social media was when it dawned you know it hit me you know, in theory, I always understood it, but then it actually affected me and it hit me. And I was like, damn, there's opportunity here to make real money. And then after Mark was born, I mean, it, it was really when the realization hit me that there was opportunity. There was a niche there just for social video, just for, you know, series that would live. I mean, some of this stuff, I'll be honest with you, with the big, our, the big clients that we have, doesn't even go on, you know, public social facing. It's, it's for internal. It's for like internal reasons. So there was a whole opportunity that opened up when you're working with these large companies that have tons of employees to provide video um, production, video, um, you know, helping them understand how to, to you, to make video, how to, how to, you know, how to, I don't want to say sit, but like how to set up on video lighting for video. I know right now this is not the greatest example of, my office is kind of a little bit of a mess, but you know, now, and, and then even now, like let's go even further, like 2020 has opened up more opportunities because now executives are like, Oh crap, I don't have video crews that can come out to my, you know, to our office or to a location anymore. I have, I'm on video every day. Can you help us? So it's, you know, things have evolved, have evolved and it's evolved. It's all stemmed from just, understanding that there was an opportunity and realizing that there were, there were gaps in, in a, in a space, you know, social media is you see one thing, but there's also so much happening in different industries and different with different companies, different levels of company, different sizes of company that if you just fill a gap and just hammer that gap, you can make a nice, you know, you can make a nice living. And then obviously you have to adjust and you have to, you know, uh, find ways to adapt when ch- times change, but at its core, you just, you hammer home on a, on a niche. And for us, it was this enterprise software companies that had marketing opportunities on social outside of their big agency campaigns. And they were like, well, we don't have anyone that can be nimble, that can produce things quickly, that can, you know, fly out, fly in and out and create a video if they have to in a couple weeks. It's, you know, we don't need massive big production with talent and crews. And we just need something shot that looks great for maybe a newsletter, our CMO's newsletter. 
okay, cool. You know, we'll, we'll be there. And um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Thank you for that. One of the things that I was excited to talk to you about, so laying a little bit of context, I feel comfortable writing. Well, one, because a copy blogger, that's just who we are. Um, we're writers and we write mm -hmm. copy in the power of words, but also because writing is one of the marketing channels that has stayed very like foundational. I mean, mm -hmm. even till this day, blogs and email lists are so powerful and are relatively the same as they were before. Sure. But with video, mm -hmm. it's just, it moves so fast. I mean, like I, I've never had a TikTok account and like, I can't even imagine creating another social media account right now. Um, more or less, I spend all of my social life, call it, on Twitter. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so for some of my brands, we've done the whole live video thing. We've done the recorded video thing. Obviously, I record my, re record my podcast on video. We've done quick one-minute videos on Instagram, and then there's stories, and then all types of shit, right? Yep. Um, I personally find it overwhelming, but I also kind of have this constant sense of like FOMO, right? Just because I know there's so much opportunity there. Um, I think I'm self-aware enough to know that like, if I stick to being a great writer and I stick to being a great email, sure. writer, like that's my niche, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I feel that, but man, you can't help but think about all of this great content that gets created and all this great attention that, that gets brought around it. So what I'm getting at seeing how much this let's just call it the video industry, right? Has sure. changed, whether it's long form, micro content, wherever, like where are we at right now? If someone's watching this, they're like, I feel comfortable in front of a camera. I can set up a thing real quick. I can record on my phone. Like what's the best place for somebody to, to see some action? Uh, that's a tough question. And I know that a lot of people want an answer without the things I'm probably about to say, but Reality is it, it just depends on what you're looking to do. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you're setting out to, I'll say this first and foremost, if you're setting out to just be like, yeah, I'm going to push out a video and all of a sudden I'm going to make sales or I'm going to uh, all of a sudden get all these followers. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And unfortunately <laughs> You know, it seems funny. And, and if, you know, if you're listening to this or watching this, you're probably like, yeah, I know that. All right. Well, maybe you do. And that's good. I'm, if you do, you're, you're ahead of a lot of folks because there's still people in 2020, actually almost in 2021, that still believe, oh man, all I need to do is put out one video and I'm good to go. Because they see one video that goes viral and they're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, that, that changed the game for them. You know, we see the ocean spray cranberry guy and we're like, oh, but then go back and I mean, the, the guy, that guy was posting forever and didn't, you know, and he, and he built up a nice little audience, but he didn't hit that virality moment that changed his life mm. on TikTok. You know, if, for those of you that don't know, there was like that video earlier this year that um, ocean spray and the guy's just cruising down the street so or drinking ocean spray <laughs> playing Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood Mac dreams jumped up the charts again, like wild. Right. But you can't think that that's going to happen just by posting one time. <clears throat> and there's a lot to be said about consistency. And I mean, you mentioned like about our YouTube channel. We started a couple of YouTube channels and we started from scratch. You know, we've only posted maybe 10 videos or so, so far. Like we're not catching, it's not catching, it's not wildfire. Like our best videos got 5,400 views on a brand new channel. So like, it is what it is. We just got to keep posting. You got to go through the ones that get 118 views, you know, and be like, oh, crap, that did nothing. All right, well, you learn. And I think that's the biggest problem most people need to, or that's, that's the challenge most people need to solve first and foremost. Where can you be the most consistent? YouTube requires a whole different level of, of time. Yes. Can you just post, you know, create something and edit it on your phone and post it? Sure. And that'll be okay for a while, but you, it's still a longer or a, 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 a um, there's more time involved in that than say a TikTok. Now I'm not saying TikTok doesn't require time. So I mean, if you're listening, watching this, and you're saying, man, I spend five hours on a TikTok. You probably, you could, you very well could, but overall there's, there, 
you can make it to where there's like, like you can simplify on TikTok to what your idea is mm-hmm. to the point where it may not take as much time as you say YouTube, or maybe you just create on Twitter and maybe you're just going to grab your phone and you're going to shoot something thoughts in the moment, you know, love them or not love them or hate them. Uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool does a really good job of stuff like that, where he'll just be like breaking news blah, and it's some absolutely ridiculous ass nine thing, but <laughs> It's just in the moment, real quick. Then he does his Davey Day Trader thing where he's kind of like live streaming it. So there's a little bit more of a production set up there. Then obviously they've got their longer. But if you look at a lot of their, and, and I hate using Barstool as an example because a lot of people can't see past Barstool. They're like, oh man, I don't like their model. Get over the fact of what they do, but just understand the model and how it works. You know, it's very simple, but they, they, they cover a lot of ground. So if, if you're someone just starting to get back to your answer, sorry, to your question, if you're just starting and you're like, okay, I need to find a place, you've got to find the spot where you can start that you can produce consistently. If that's on Instagram, then do it on Instagram. If it's on, you know, Twitter, then go on Twitter. Um, if it's on YouTube and you're going to dedicate that time to create one great video every week, then do it. Um, but something it has to stick, right? It has to be a place where you can keep doing it. And this happens with everybody, right? Like I want to be a writer. I want to write more, but I can never stay consistent with it. So you know what? Am I going to go and try to keep writing? I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm stopping it all together, but I'm not putting my eggs in that basket right now until I know something hits and strikes me. And I'm like, okay, I can do this daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Um, so yeah, I just someone just asked me the other day, you know, where would you put this type of content? And it was around a specific type of content that they were creating. And I did recommend TikTok for what they wanted because I was like, you know what? If you're not and he said, like, I don't I'm not trying to put time into like YouTube videos and like that, you know, shooting in and editing, you know, like I want something that's a little more fun, fast, and just like sh- some stuff that I can create con- like daily. I said, well, then, you know, TikTok might be a really good spot for it just because right now there's a lot of eyeballs. Mm. Um, Instagram, the same thing. Like there's a lot of eyeballs right now and their algorithm is pushing people that are creating on reels. So maybe you create reels, you know, it, you really just have to watch and see what is working. If there's something else out there in, in the same area that you you create in, find out where it's working. Um, that would be my my best advice. I can't tell you to start on TikTok if you know you've got like TED Talks. Now you you could you could find ways to to, to edit them down, but that's a whole different ballgame. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about investing more time, and are you going to stay consistent with that? So I can't I can't stress that enough that the consistency aspect of it has to be the first and first and foremost when you're considering where to create. Obviously, you understand all the different platforms really well who are some of the people right now or even in the past that like you've looked up to that said like i like this this guy's message i like this girl's vibe i like this person's consistency that they're putting into the world like who are some of the video creators that have influenced you yeah i mean i've been blessed to uh i'm married to a youtuber so she has uh amy landino she's just been she was amy she was amy schmidauer before that and uh amy tv is her her channel so i mean her consistency is is i've looked up to quite a bit because you know she was plugging along for years yeah she's been doing it for over 10 years but she was plugging along for years you know stuck at like fifty thousand subscribers where a lot of people have been like man I'm still doing this for, you know, seven, eight years. I've only got 50,000 subscribers. Like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden it kind of hockey stick for her. She's like almost at 400,000 now. And, and, you know, but again, it was consistency and not skipping consistency because you weren't seeing the, that growth. I mean, that's how long it can take, right? It's not, not everyone's Peter McKinnon. He's someone else I look up to on YouTube where, you know, he hit a million in a year. Um, not everyone can do that. Not everyone could just, and, and you know, Casey nice. That's a great example of this. Yeah. He burned out doing that daily vlog and he came straight out and was like, I just can't do this anymore. 
I do miss uh, those vlogs, man. They were great, but you know, when you're spending 10 to 15 hours of your life, of your yeah. day, yeah. creating and editing f- every day, you know, he's got a family. There's, there's other things he was doing. Like, it's impossible to survive, right? He runs for long periods of time. So, like, there was, he, he couldn't keep up with that. Um, Marquez Brownlee is someone, uh, yeah. is a friend of ours who's, I mean, he's just fantastic uh, at what he does. He's just, I mean, crushed it. He seems so nice, too. He's such a nice kid. He's such a nice kid. It really, really is. Like, he's a nice guy. He's super smart. And he's invested, you know, in his te- like in his team and, and things like that the right way. Um, Austin Evans is a really is another. I know a lot of these are tech YouTubers, mm. um, but those are that's who we're friends with. Uh, Austin Evans is another one. Again, you know, small town kid from I think Arkansas, just just started creating, started publishing daily, you know, or whatever weekly, every week, every week, every week, something that he loved to do. And now, you know, he's got, I don't know, 3 million, 5 million, whatever he's at. But like it, those things don't happen overnight. You know, we, you look at, you look at certain people and you're like, man, they're at, they're at X amount of views or subscribers and you're, that's so easy for them. It's not really easy. I mean, no one's watching the, the, the year, I mean, years, literally years that have been put into getting to a certain point. And then on top of it, like, I go back to my wife, but when she was at 50,000 subscribers, 30,000 subscribers, she wasn't just like, oh man, YouTube is my only place to make money. It was, she was selling coaching. She was, ser- you know, services to clients. There was, you know, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, selling products like courses and informational and using her YouTube channel as like, hey, here's where I'm going to put my free stuff, and here's where I'm going to here's where I'm going to build a little bit of social proof. So that's why I look up to to a lot of YouTubers. I mean, there there are people that create really well on you know on TikTok, and I don't follow it as much. I mean, I know a few of them that are you know we could pick out the big names that everybody knows, like the Charlie D'Amelios and the Addison Rays and those young kids that. You know, I don't know how sustainable those things are, but you know what they are doing well is they're taking their fame, and a lot of them are moving it over onto TikTok or onto YouTube and Instagram, and like, okay, hey, I can't just focus here. You know, they're getting major brand deals with a lot of companies, and but the the folks that I mentioned are, are ones that I've always looked up to and kind of modeled as like, okay, what are they doing? How are they doing this? Um, the fact they go in and they really look at like analytics and data. You know, how many people are actually clicking through to this video? How long are they watching the video for? Where are they dropping off? Okay, well, why are they dropping off at that point? Things like that. So like when you when you see video creators, like there's a lot more that goes into just pushing a video out and making a pretty video with a with a nice camera, with an expensive camera. There's, you know, there there's numbers, there's data, there's understanding how a brand deal or how a sponsored video is going to react versus a non-sponsored deal. Um, Wording of titles, which is copy, you know, writing copy like that, it all comes into it. So like video creators are more than just video creators. They have to understand copy. They have to understand analytics. They have to understand tags and, and SEO. I mean, it's, crazy how much goes into it and again writers are doing the same thing you know they have to understand analytics and all these other things video you just also have to shoot and there's like an added component to it but uh yeah so so the the creators that i named are the ones that i would say i look up to i know there's more out there that i haven't named yeah. to but like those are the ones that i'm always consistently like okay what are they doing because if they're doing something or they're, they're, they're changing something up there's a reason so there's two things that you mentioned there uh first I was very happy to see your wife hit that J curve thing as well. I, I watched a couple of her videos years and years ago and then would check in from time to time. Like, Oh, what's this person up to? What's that person up to? Um, sure, sure. Never met her. Obviously seems like a hard work and delightful person. And so I'm really happy for all of your guys's and her success. Um, next you, you mentioned the, I believe, okay. On my personal blog on timstyles.com, I wrote a blog article that, I still get like really bashful emails from people from, but the idea was you shouldn't want to be a YouTuber. 
And I wasn't yep. saying that like YouTube is a bad thing. I was mm -hmm. trying to advocate what you were talking about, where like if you have an audience yep. relying on YouTube itself to monetize might not be the best idea. Like why not use this audience to promote your own shit, like your own products, your own coaching, your own, I mean, whatever, name anything here. It doesn't have to be an info product. You could be mm -hmm. selling like drawings or art that yeah. you like. Um, I follow some really, really cool like esport commentators True. who uh, build their audience and then they sell coaching. Basically, they sell video game coaching. So like, what are your thoughts on, on that? I, I worry a little bit. I advocate against people wanting to be a quote YouTuber, right? Like I want as many views as possible so that I can get this YouTube revenue. And I personally advocate way more along the lines of like, find your niche, find your following, find the people that you can serve and then go mm -hmm. directly to them with a, th with a product that serves you and your business best. Uh, just like your thoughts on that, man. Um, all right, two parts. And I had to write some stuff down so I don't forget how to, what I'm gonna say. First and foremost, you say, you know, don't be a YouTuber. I, I totally understand what you're saying because I wrote an article, I'm trying to find it now, but it was like, four years ago, five years, maybe 2013. I don't even remember. It was quite a while ago. This whole year screwed everything up. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like it was, what happened. might've been seven years ago. I, it was a while back and it was, stop calling me an influencer was the name of it. Mm. And the point of the article was stop trying to chase after being an influencer because what are you an influencer of? Yeah. What Peter McKinnon, great example. We talked about Peter McKinnon. He's a photographer. He's a damn fine photographer and video creator. He didn't set out to be a YouTuber. He started providing useful tips on the stuff that he was an expert at. Yeah. Two people on YouTube. And now he's, you know, blown up. He, he, you know, Casey, uh, I know Casey Neistat had mentioned him. So that helped his trajectory. Sure. But now he's got deals with like camera companies and like he came out with his own, his own, um, lens filter like this. I don't, this is not his, but um, I can't remember the brand. I think it was Polar Pro. They came out with a, a, a product with him. You know what I mean? Like he's got his own like coffee line. It, he didn't set out to be a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. He set out to be the best damn photographer he could. And then when he got to a point where he's like, I want to start helping other people and get, putting this out there, he did. You don't, you don't become a YouTuber to make YouTube revenue. I truly don't believe, first of all, you shouldn't because number one, they can turn off your monetization. It's happened to people like yeah. Franco constantly. Yeah. And, and because it's shit money. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm going to like my wife for like her YouTube, her AdSense revenue. Like we can pay the, the mortgage with it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not total shit, but it's not like, oh man, your life is totally going to change because of this. If that's all you did, let's say all you did was that, like, are you, can you get by on under six feet, you know, whatever that number is. And for most people, it's going to be very little. Yeah. So you have to think about that, but you've got to find other ways to monetize. So it's that, that's why I, I do love that statement of like, don't just set out to be a YouTuber because what else are you going to do? Are you going to build your own brand off of that? Are you going to, you know, uh, are you going to go and continue to take photography clients or video clients or whatever that might be that's going to make you money and then mm -hmm. you, it helps build the YouTube channel and the YouTube channel helps build the, the business. And so like the problem is when people just say like, oh man, I just want to do YouTube and they have, no, and again, a lot of people will start that way if you're younger, but if you're old, you know, as you get older, you understand like, I can't just sit here and do YouTube. Like I've got to do something so that I can create these videos. That's the way I look at it. Um, and then you said something else that I wanted to comment on. And, and I wrote, I wrote down something, but now it doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> go figure. It made sense when you, when you were saying it and now it doesn't make sense that I'm thinking I'm looking at it, but I think that the way to really create, be a creator or be a YouTuber is if you are focused on doing something else really, really well. Yeah. 
and in that, like I said, in that article, like don't call yourself or don't call me an influencer is with the point of it. The whole point of it was focus on something that you're passionate about that you really love to do that you can do consistently and, and document that. So now you're a YouTuber and a photographer at the same time, or you're yeah. a YouTuber and an entrepreneur at the same time. If you're just setting out to be a, you know, just a YouTuber, like it's, it's going to take a lot longer for you to get to that other point. Agreed. Totally. And speaking of that, let's, um, but let's finish off. Did I answer that question? I don't, you asked something else. Did you not? No, you, you answered that question. Totally. Right. It was, it's a, it's a methodology issue for me. It's like, I'm always just weary because I understand that I am YouTube's product. And so in my 100%. viewpoint, it's like, I'd rather flip it. Like I want to use YouTube to grow my product as opposed for YouTube using me to grow their product. Um, it's just something that I've always believed in. I've seen a lot of people build really cool brands. And then, I mean, I, I'm a perfect example. So the first brand that I built on social uh, is a brand called Sober Nation. It's a big website that helps people that are in like addiction recovery. And um, at one point, I think in 2012, you know, we had like 40,000 followers on Facebook and I would write these blog posts and I would post it and I would sit there and watch the live analytics and just watch this article spread and go viral like crazy. And then what happened? Like the famous Facebook bait and switch came in yep. and all of a sudden these 40,000 followers that I had never even got to see the stuff that I posted. And now we're at like 400,000 followers and it's still kind of the same. Like I can post an article yep. and like nothing will really happen. And so the point I'm trying to make, um, I think YouTube's a little bit different because there's a lot of organic search with YouTube and I'm an SEO and a writer. That's just why I like to make videos because one video can really compound like a thousand sure. times if you have the right keywords. But like the, the point I'm trying to make, which I believe strongly is kind of just what I said, like use YouTube to grow yourself. Don't try to grow on YouTube. Like you can have a thousand followers and have a product or an idea that is totally in line with those thousand followers and grow like a great business. Or you can have like a hundred thousand followers who are just kind of there to, I don't know, be there and try to use YouTube revenue. And you can make way more money with a, a thousand followers who want to buy your product than a hundred oh, followers who just want to watch you. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I will don't even need to, we don't even need to keep talking about that because you're like, that's right. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> we don't have to keep beating that one. That You are right about that. For sure. But on that note, I, I want to talk about your YouTube channel. You mentioned it earlier. Um, sure. You guys are great producers, man. Like you're great editors. You're great um, planners, I guess is the word. I always just kind of hit record. And then <laughs> like, yeah. I guess that's yeah. the video. We're um, uh, Go ahead. I, I want to know what, what is it that you guys are, are, are going for? You're talking about a lot of stuff on your YouTube channel. Yeah, that's it. Actually, it's really, it's funny you say that because I, we, it keeps changing. Okay. Like it, it's, we're kind of going with the flow. The whole point of it was to go with the flow. Yeah. So we started a brand new channel uh, called brain work, which was just, so uh, Blake and I, who, um, you know, was hired at uh, Aftermark, him and I, decided to start this this channel called Brainwork because we're just like super curious about things anything um you know it's like we'll go to a coffee shop and have a coffee and we're like hmm what does that taste like or like how does that how do they do that how do they make that or like you know you go to a restaurant and want to know how the chefs are like where's the, like that extra flavor that we can't identify like how, how does how do you get that just just like little things or like you know I have a pen, I have this pen here and it's called the embassy pen. And the thing is like weighs like five pounds and it's like <laughs> solid steel. Like, well, this is actually using an embassy. Like what well, I'm just, I never am able to just leave something be like, I, you can't just tell me something. And then I like stops there. Yeah. Um, and Blake's the same way. So what we did was we decided like, Hey, let's start this media company based around this idea that we're trying to, constantly satiate our curiosity nice don't know how on earth that's going to manifest itself so let's just do what we think makes sense right now because the more you deliberate and the more you think about and the more you plan and the more you whiteboard and the more you you know you paralyze yourself to the point where 
it never happens. And that's what happened to us for, you know, a few years, this idea was brewing and, and we just never got it off the ground. Cause it was like, well, this idea is not good enough. Well, how do you know it's not good enough? Because yeah. no, like no one, you're not giving people the opportunity to figure that out. And so needless to say, we started it. It's we're still going. Um, we haven't published because we're working on a different concept of something right now. Um, but you know, we started with a couple things that we were interested in like sleep and CrossFit and you know, those videos did actually fairly well for what they are. And so, you know, we kept, we kind of kept going. We went through a couple crap, a few crap videos and quite a few crap videos actually. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, it's there. We're trying and we've got a different direction. And we think based on, you know, I, I'm looking right now, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight videos that we put out based on eight videos. We kind of figured, or we learned what people liked and didn't like about these and the spin we're going to put on it anyway. So there's that video, uh, that channel. Then we have the channel, which is self-named. It's under my own name. Yeah. That channel is also learning. Um, we're kind of focusing on this whole uh, more of a, a men's lifestyle. That's just something I'm, I'm very interested in, like this modern gentleman type thing. That's the idea. Now we have to, the content has to fit that, but it's more, it's more basically around products and things that we use uh, I, talking about, basically talking about that kind of stuff. Like I had a Filson bag, a Filson duffel bag, medium, you know, medium duffel. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Well, what's in the bag for a weekend? Like that kind of thing. And again, I noticed that these videos get, they get views because they're SEO friendly versus the other content, which is more like a story driven. And if you don't know us, it's hard to just like click in and want to watch SEO wise. Whereas these videos, you know, we have a video like, is the Leica Q2 camera the best travel camera? Well, you know, it's got 5,500 views. Again, fairly fresh channel just because it's SEO friendly. You yeah. know, do you need the Rogue Echo bike? Well, everyone's buying exercise equipment right now. And we did a CrossFit video on the other channel. So, and it's doing pretty well. Um, like stuff like that. We're just, again, we're playing with what works. We're trying to get our faces out there so that people are used to seeing you on video. That's another thing too, right? You have to go through that practice of getting people to realize that, oh, your face is on video. Oh, you're making video. If these videos totally flop out, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's serving a purpose. That's, it's truly, the way I look at it is it's serving a purpose because I'm learning from the audience. What do they like? What do they not like? We're learning a lot about what types of thumbnails people click into, what types of, um, title copy works, how many words work. I mean, these are things we actually like think about and write down and strategize behind. Like we're looking at the analytics. Okay, well, this title was three words and it had this thumbnail with two faces on it and the words were here and it got this click-through rate. But then this video was, this title was seven, you know, words long and it had one face on it with a bigger product. Yeah. Words. And it got this click-through rate. Okay, so that's interesting. So, okay, let's figure out. So how do we, and it's coming up with like the formula that works for us, but that can translate, right? So that translates from, like if I'm learning this for us, I can translate that into our clients on the aftermark side, right? Like, hey, clients, this type of stuff works. This is how you want to do it. Okay, well, we need to see numbers. Okay, well, here's the numbers from our, like what we're doing. Um, yeah, so it's, again, it's, the biggest skill here is taking information and being able to kind of translate it into other opportunities. The biggest mistake most people make is they, or not biggest mistake, the, the, the skill people lack, a lot of people lack, is being able to take information and translate it yeah. for use elsewhere. They think very, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, what do they call it? Tunnel vision. It's very yeah. tunnel vision where it's like, Okay, it's just YouTube. It's just YouTube. Well, no, look how much you're learning from this that mm. you can go and 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 sell an information course, or even if you do it for free, like you can go and do something elsewhere. It doesn't have to just be on this spot. I love a lot of what you just said. Uh, first off, I think like a men's lifestyle channel is a great idea. 
although it may not be the most original, I personally have looked for videos in that uh, topic and there's just not a lot out there. Like men are really underserved in that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, like just my own experience, like I have no idea what how to dress or like you said, what a gentleman is, but it's, it's stuff that as you get older, like you want to present yourself better and mm-hmm. I'm like interested in it, you know? And um, I, I haven't really been able to find anything that isn't like overly produced and kind of quote like Metro, you know, um, it just yeah, seems like and, a little and bit. And that's the goal. For sure. Perfect. I'm glad you said it. Cause there is that, there is that uh, perception that like gentlemen is, and again, nothing wrong with, Metro, yeah, like more metro, feminine. Very, it, I don't want to even. I don't know if it's that. I think it's more of just like, um, there's a very specific vibe people put in their head. But I, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. There's kind of like the realistic gentleman, right? Mm-hmm. Like to me, gentleman is not about how you dress or the car you drive. It's it's about it's an attitude. It's a way you treat people. And oh, by the way, yeah, I like to wear real watches and I like nice, I like cars. I love cars. I love go driving fast. I love racing. I, I, yes, I love that kind of stuff too. But it doesn't mean like that's the only way you have to be, right? Like you can be a gentleman and still watch American football, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like, oh, you're a gentleman. Now you have to go play polo and. and yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like sip martinis, right? It, it's not about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's more about how you interact, treat people, how you are as a human being. And oh, by the way, here's things that I'm into. And it's and that's for me, right? Like personally, this these are the things that I'm into. You don't have to be James Bond. I love mm-hmm. James Bond, but you don't have to be James <laughs> Bond to be a gentleman, right? Like yeah. and, and so that's that's kind of where we're eventually gonna go with with some things. Um, and again, it's just because I'm realizing more and more that if it's something I can keep creating and it's things that I enjoy and I'm starting to kind of do that with my Instagram a little bit more. Yeah. Some people are going to stop following you because they're like, Oh, I just want business insights, but you know what? I never gave business insights on my Instagram anyway. So what Mm -hmm. do I care? You know what I mean? Like I like to take pictures. Well, good. You're going to see pictures on there of different things that I take pictures of. And you know, I'm going to also get better because I'm going to, take more pictures on you know i'm gonna i'm gonna learn but that's that's the key as a creator however you create whether it's video or photo or or, or writing whatever the hell, music whatever you create if you're not learning from what you're putting out there that's how you fail i truly, love that so much truly 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 you have to you you have one of the one of my favorite pieces of insight that my uh, one of my uncles used to tell me all the time and I didn't, I never understood it. I don't know why it didn't hit me, but he said, keep score, do more. That's what he used to say to me. And he is in the beauty industry. I was in the beauty industry for a little bit behind the chair. I was actually cutting hair and doing all that long time ago, years, 15 years ago. He used to say that in the salon. And, I, and I'm like, what are you like? He would have, he would give, he had a scorecard that he would, that he developed and every stylist would have this scorecard for, and you would track every day. You would physically write down the numbers you did every day, how much you did in revenue, how many guests you had, how many services they had, how much retail product you sold. And you'd come up with all these numbers. And like, I always thought to him, like, what the hell is it? Dude, you're it's just mm. cut hair. Like, what, what are you talking about? You color it, you know? And it, when I, you know, finally, when I started my own businesses outside of that industry, you know, years later, I was like, oh my God, that makes total sense. Because if I don't know what the score is, it's like a football team. This is a perfect example. It's a football team. If I don't know that it's third and one and I'm down six points, well, how do I know that I'm going to maybe pass the ball to try and score a touchdown? You don't, you have no idea. You don't know what play you're going to run. If you don't know where, you know, the, what's going on what the situation is. And so it's the same thing with creators. If you have no idea what the score is, if you don't know the data, if you don't know what you're doing, you're just creating in a vacuum and you're hoping that people catch on. And listen, a lot of the, a lot of creators that we see that caught fire 
sometimes they do catch fire. And th- there are times where things like that happen. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, that's not the majority of people. Like yeah. that's not the ma- – yeah, you see, you know, three, four, five, maybe – you see 100 people that are doing really, really well. Maybe, maybe three of them caught fire like that. But the other 97 were doing what I was saying my wife did. 10 years of just cranking and cranking out what what my friends, you know, Austin and Marquez and even Casey Neistat. That's what those folks had to do. Cranking out, you know, learning. Well, what do people want to see and checking the data and stuff like that. So for every, you know, firestorm, Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok, you know, you've got a hundred folks that are just like banging their head against the wall, trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love it, man. Great advice. Um, I appreciate that. It's always a good reminder. This whole podcast has been an experiment of that for me. Yeah. It's a good reason like, to try not to take it too seriously too and just see what's going on, see what people like, try to learn from it. Um, listen, man, I, I really, really appreciate your time. I yeah. got to wrap this thing up. Uh, we got right. aftermark.com, M-A-R-Q.com. Um, what's your Twitter? Just follow, I, best place to follow me is, is is on Twitter or Instagram, Vincenzo Landino. On Instagram, I'm the Vincenzo Landino. Someone had my name apparently. No way. Yeah, there's, there's an account with Vincenzo Landino that I saw. Oh, I <laughs> brutal. Yeah, kind of sucks, but uh, so I'm the Vincenzo Landino. Um, and those are the best places to follow me. You know, like I, I don't even like throw pe- send people to a website anymore because it's like, hey, I actually interact and talk back. I sure. talk with people, especially on Twitter. Like that's how we met. Yeah, exactly. So mm. I would, you know, Twitter, Twitter's fantastic. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. And I like, I, I, like I said, I like to interact with people. Yeah. Um, that's how I learn. It's really how I learn. I learn what people, how people respond to certain content posts, things like that. I mean, there's no other way to understand it than to do it and then actually listen. We have two ears, one mouth <laughs> kind of thing. Listen and then talk. Um, yeah. So I, Twitter or Instagram is the best. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Um, I actually have a whole bunch of business partners and like really good friends that live in Columbus. I'm up there pretty often. Nice. So, uh, awesome. Yeah, stop by on town for sure. Next time I'm up there, um, sure. we'll get in touch. We'll get dinner or something like that. Sounds good, bud. Vincenzo, really appreciate your time. Um, Thanks, let's man. do this again. Talk soon. Sounds good. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.